Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 94. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week, we're talking about software outages. We won't get too technical, but we'll be focusing on the typical causes of an outage and what's being done behind the scenes to get a product back up and running. Stay tuned for this week's conversation. And as always, we'll top off the show with our latest announcements and upcoming Forest Academy webinars. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salons, business, and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. We've just kicked off December and you already sound sick. Uh, Yeah, well, I never really get sick, to be honest. This is like the first time this year, so <laughs> it always happens when you're about to like fall on holidays and then... Like you've been working so hard for so long and then you like, you know, you're about to like get onto holidays and then, and then you get sick. Every time without fail, it's like, even if you just go away for the weekend, you come back Sunday evening and you're smothering. It's just like, you can't do holidays right. Yep. Yep. So this week's one is an interesting one. Um, I suppose for anyone that looked at the title, they were probably thinking, what the hell? <laughs> uh, probably sounds a bit techy, but it's not actually that techy. And I suppose it was actually your idea to come up with this show. And it was to do with anyone that uses Snapchat, um, anyone that uses like Netflix. You're seeing these kind of, uh, you know, I suppose not so much a software outage, but error connections and things like those. And we just decided what better way to describe what is actually going on here and what's going on behind the scenes to bring in our very own director of engineering, John Doran. So welcome to the show, JD. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. So we'll probably it's refer to him as JD a lot here, yeah. <laughs> for JD, I suppose the uh, the four dreaded words that he ever hears in the office is, the system is down. Yeah, so uh, absolutely terrifying. Uh, puts uh, chills down my back. It's something that we take really, really seriously in Forest, and it's, it's something that uh, we... You know, we we try to do our best to make sure it doesn't happen. You know, it's what main one of the main parts of my role is to ensure stability and reliability of the system, and we we work day in day to to make sure that as we scale and we're 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 you know helping more salons on the platform that we we can continue to kind of cope with with the traffic and and make sure that they don't have any connectivity errors as you mentioned or frustrated users and and that the, the application is running nice and fast for them. See, this is the thing, though, is like the more and more we move into, I suppose, more technology based systems, software, we try to move into the 21st century, you are going to experience a bit more of this. So it's yeah. not just with one company or another company. A lot of companies will experience this. And I suppose throughout this show, we'll understand a bit more of why outages happen. Yeah. So, I mean, typically, you know, you're going to see things like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you mentioned most big software companies, they're essentially, they're trying to make a lot of changes to improve the system or to improve their products. And with those changes comes a risk of maybe human error or, um, you know, a, a failed kind of release. Uh, and what happens then is, you know, pe people are affected. So the, the kind of big tech companies and, and ourselves, we do our best to make sure that as we incrementally make changes to the system or as new features are being released, that we do it really, really carefully. Uh, and we get into how that kind of works and uh, the types of uh, issues that we, we have seen in the industry. Well, you've mentioned human error there. And, and concretely, what is an outage? Is it just when the system is completely down or can it be like a certain part of the system that's not working? Like, Yeah. So it really depends on how the system was built. Um, and and that would be on kind of like the directors of engineering and the CTOs and the tech teams to, to assemble a product in a way that it's a little bit more modular and broken up into different pieces. And those different pieces serve 
various pieces of functionality in the system. So maybe, for example, the Facebook feed is one backend stack and, uh, you know, the messaging is another one. So uh, you could kind of say, you know, if if the messaging team on Facebook were going and releasing an update and it broke that part of the system, it maybe wouldn't affect the feed or sharing. And that's uh, just kind of one example of how tech teams are breaking up functionality. To give you like what what is an outage, essentially, that is uh, most software products are, are hosted on platform providers. So essentially their software is running on a service that they pay to run it. So that's Google Cloud Platform or Amazon Web Services are the huge ones. And most of the products that uh, people listening today would, would all be hosted on that. And typically when you're you're releasing software, you're putting new, new essentially code or functionality onto those systems. Uh, and if you don't have like the proper testing and kind of procedures in place while you're doing that, you could lead to human error. So you'd see like maybe startups taking some shortcuts doing some stuff faster than, than they, sh- they should be uh, or maybe not giving enough diligence. And that's where human error can take take place. So that could be, you know, um, a misconfiguration of the application um, or it could be, you know, uh, corrupting some data. And that all affects how the application performs and things that could happen would be like it would lock the system up and, and block people from using it or it could just take the system out of service. So. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. I just wanted to take it back there. So you said that things could be hosted on the Google Cloud and Mm -hmm. Amazon. I suppose for people that don't build software, what are those things? And because some software are built on those, does that mean there's a possibility that if that went down, multiple different software companies could be affected? Definitely, definitely. So um, we would have an example last year for Forest where Amazon... um, Amazon hosts a lot of storage on the internet. So the majority of images you see on the internet are, ho- are hosted in an Amazon service called S3, and that's their storage service. And essentially last year, someone in the Amazon data center made a human error, which brought down, I would say, half the internet in that S3 service. <laughs> I actually remember that's that no day. Joke. Yeah, it was um, like a blackout. Yeah. So we hit the millennium. Yeah. So it's up to us as you know an engineering team and other teams to be able to react to when those things happen and make sure that the system doesn't fall apart. So that might mean instead of going and fetching that image from Amazon service, you display a placeholder image because you can't reach it. So there's a thing like it, the the technical term is called a circuit breaker, but it's, it's this idea that you just switch off when a service isn't working and you can do something else. Yeah, it's really important to say that like the Amazon Web Services does, uh, it essentially outsources uh, all of their compute power to, to tech companies who want to host their systems there. And definitely when, when something happens on their side, it has a chain reaction. So that could be like their connectivity in their in their data centers um, or, or maybe, you know, a, an, an issue on their side with an update. But we choose those providers because they are the best in class. They've invested billions of dollars in, in building those infrastructures and uh, you know, if if Netflix um, and big companies like that can trust them, so can we. And they have a really, really good record in terms of their uh, their service and, and how they um, actually run. So just on that, then you're saying that there's a lot of companies on like Amazon Tree. Um, S3. Yeah. S3. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, is there somewhere that you could go? So let's hypothetically say Forest stop working today as a client. How do I know if it's Forest or if it's Amazon? So typically we would, um, well, most services would host like a status page. So you could actually maybe just do a quick Google like for a status or Facebook status and that would bring you and show you like is it operational or is it up? 
so that'd be kind of similar to taking back to my simpler terms yeah. of if I see Facebook isn't working properly or Instagram isn't working, the first thing I'm going to do is is it down.com yeah, yeah, yeah. and just <laughs> type in the web page. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay, yeah. so you yeah. can do that then. Yeah, but it, and it also kind of depends on like your software provider and the, the level of service that they give you and the touch points. So, you know, we, we as I said, we take it really seriously. So we maybe send a text message to salon owners and we we do email communications. Um, whereas if you're maybe one of a million users, you're, you'd be lucky to maybe get a chat bot or something like that. So it, yeah. it kind of depends on the product you're using and what's going on. So JD, what happens when the system does go down? Okay, so um, to take a step back a second, we have a bunch of monitoring in place, which is essentially automated uh, checks on the system to make sure it's performing. So it, it kind of simulates what a user does. So for example, maybe, you know, for us, it's is our online bookings working correctly? Are they, are they creating bookings for the salons? Are we able to create appointments? Are we able to send reminders? And we have heartbeats checking on all of that stuff all of the time. And if one of them fails, we'll uh, the engineering team will get SMS. So we have an all-call rota. So depending on the time of the year, we'll have to draw a lucky straw for um, Christmas time. But we'll essentially be on call and be ready to respond to that and investigate what, what's going on. And in our case, if if a couple of calls are coming in or if they, we notice that those heartbeats are failing, we've got like a physical red button that we'll press, which will kind of alert the whole company because this is how serious we take it, that, you know, stuff is going wrong. We can't perform, uh, you know, what we're set out to do uh, in terms of the platform functionality. So we need all hands on deck to get this sorted out. That red button is uh, is one of those scary things to see pop up on Slack, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, like uh, our company messaging platform is Slack. It's a bit like WhatsApp for business. So we'll literally notify everyone in the company what's going on. Uh, everyone on the engineering team will get notified. And then we, it's not chaos. So we try to be really controlled about it. And what we do is actually form, and most big companies would do similar, we form a war room. And what we call the war room is essentially a place where only the people who are going to be focusing on the problem sit down and work on it together because you don't want a lot of noise and panic and pandemonium in the background. Uh, so we try to be really controlled about that and we assign people kind of different hats and those hats would be maybe the communicator, the person who's going to update the company and the customers what's going on, maybe the manager, the person who's who's responsible for making decisions and so maybe hard decisions but uh, to kind of guide the team. And then you've got the fixers, which are the people who are essentially going to uh, analyze the problem and, and propose solutions for it. Do you have any average turnaround time for when something like this does happen? Like I'm in the salon, forest goes down. Like obviously I'm going to start panicking. Um, I'm yeah. going to start contacting support and everything yeah. like that. But is there like an average turnaround time where I could sit back and go, well, hang on, this is probably only going to be five, 10, yeah. an hour? So we strive to have a 99.9% uptime. So that means 10 minutes a month is what we would we would, if we go any more than that, we would hold ourselves really accountable. And those 10 minutes even include um, system uh, out of hours upgrades and stuff. So uh, 10 minutes would be, if we're, if we're pushing past that, we'd be really worried. Um, and luckily we, we're, we're past that, I would say, in, in terms of, of where we're at now and where most companies should, should be. So you've pressed the red button, you've gone into the war room, you've assigned your roles. Like what happens after so once we're happy that we've got a fix in place, we we would essentially do a bit of testing on our side, make sure that everything is fine, uh, and then send comms out to the customers to let them know that system is back to normal. We take a deep breath, then um, have a cup of coffee, and come straight back into it. And 
and really try to understand the root cause of the problem. So we, we try to be really transparent with, with our customers and company, and we would essentially write an outage report um, to, uh, to send out to everyone in the company and any customer who wants to see it and, and give them a clear explanation on things. And what that outage report consists of is a summary of the problem, how many customers were affected, what areas of the system were, were affected. So as I mentioned, the systems, most systems are broken up into different parts. So maybe it's just online bookings or maybe it's payment processing or appointments. Uh, we would look, we would then look at like the time to resolution. So how long did it take for us to realize that it, the, the problem was in place and how long did it take for us to fix it? And then we would go into details of how we fix the problem. And then what's really important for us is preventative measures. So what are we doing as a team over the next couple of weeks to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And we would really hold ourselves accountable for getting that stuff done uh, and making sure that happens. So um, that would be kind of a standard one. And if something really terrible happened, we would probably do like a post-mortem. And what, what that would be is essentially we grab anyone who is a stakeholder or, or really affected by this. We'd c just come all into a room and really try to, to, to look at the whys and dig into those. It's called the five whys as in like, why was there human error? And why was that person responsible for that on his own? And why didn't he get someone else to help him with that? And you normally get down to a root cause of, of what really went wrong. But it's also really good to let people maybe vent some frustrations and and, and really, you know, let them, you know, express how badly it affected them. And, and it really puts the onus on us as well to, to make action on it. You mentioned something earlier in, in that where you said, you know, it could be forced pay or it could be, you know, online bookings. When multiple things go wrong, how do you prioritize what to fix first? Yeah, so we have a prior we have we have a prioritization list of five key things and most most big tech companies would and what we look at for those priorities is it's to give us a common language uh around what is the severity of this issue. So P1 is essentially everything is down, all hands on deck. This is really serious. Most most of the priorities are very serious, but P1 is essentially doomsday. Um, maybe P2 is like a, a certain area or functionality of the system is affected. Or maybe, um, again, back to P1, could be security or data. So those kind of things we would be top of the list. And then as you go down, you're less critical. So maybe a P5 is a very isolated piece of the system and only a couple of salons affected. So obviously it's important to fix those issues for that salon, but it wouldn't mean all hands on deck, message everybody in the company. We would just take that into our queue and we would sort it out as soon as we can. Just wanted to mention one thing about the postmortem. So uh, one thing I've been doing recently to try and preempt any issues is uh, a pre-mortem, which is essentially get people into a room and talk about what, what could go wrong. What, what are we really, really at risk here? Or, you know, what part of the system is, is weaker than others to try and preempt those problems and and put those preventative measures in place before they even happen. So it could be, you know, we know this area of the system is a little weak, so let's, um, you know, for the next couple of months, make it better, make sure we, we, we're, it's solid and we're, we're happy with it. And, and just being really proactive on it is, um, is something that we try to do. So all of these outages that mm. could happen from human error, mm. would you see outages for software updates? 
So um, around software updates, um, so an outage normally happens, there's two reasons. It's like an unexpected event. So like a network fault or, um, you know, a disk runs out of space or or an update as in like where somebody's releasing a change to the system that has, hasn't been tested properly or, or is a human error. So that's change management. And what happened, what we do to reduce risk there and what most people would do is, you know, we have a QA team, so they're responsible for the quality and assurance of the product. And then also we would have uh, a lot of automation around what we do. So we would make sure a change to one piece of functionality in the system doesn't affect any others. And then again, when you're rolling out features, I mentioned earlier that, you know, you might see a different version of a screen on your Facebook app compared to your friends. And that's because, you know, it's important to do experimentation and to make sure that the changes that you're making to the system don't have negative effects or don't cause user experience issues. So we would do A-B testing and, and gradual rollouts of software. And, and what that may, be, may mean is us doing a specific region. Maybe it's you know, a percentage of users in different regions. And measuring is it having good effect on, on maybe the online booking numbers or how they're using the system? Is it making it more easier? So that, that's the kind of stuff we would do. So this is why users of Forest would see a new payroll screen appear, but have the ability to, be, ability to switch back to an older one. Yeah. Or the manager screen might look a bit more animated than it used yeah. to. Yeah, exactly. So we would call, kind of call it um, feature toggling. And that what that means for us is we are continually developing and we release from, from Forest side about 50 times a week. Um, so we're continually making changes and tweaks and we, we make really small changes along the way to, to reduce any risk with that. And then we have these feature toggles I mentioned, which mean we're building new areas. Maybe a new staff list screen is a good example. And only a certain amount of our customers can see that, or maybe our beta users. And while they're giving us feedback on it and catching issues that aren't affecting anyone else, we, we're addressing them and continually updating them. And then until we're happy that it's having a really positive effect on the system, we'll, we'll, we'll roll it out. So you just mentioned beta users there. Does us having more and more beta users um, help kind of deter anything like this, deter outages, or is that different again? Mm, it's a little bit different to out outages. Um, it would be more like defects or missed functionality where we would find that really important. So we would get, use a lot of our customers to as our our champions to give us the feedback. They're using the system every day. They know how they want it to work. Um, and we would use all of that to, to make sure that we're, we're moving in the right direction and, and stuff we do. I just wanted to pull it back now to the salon just for a little bit. So I'm in a salon, I'm using like Forest, I'm using MailChimp, I'm using Slack, I'm using all these different softwares. And then one of them crashes. Mm -hmm. Like my instant reaction is panic. Mm -hmm. Like that is what's going to, it's the same when we're using systems in here and it happens. Is there anything that I could do there and then, I suppose, like I'm not going to help get the system up and running, but is there any like strategies I can put into place in my salon for scenarios like this? Oh, it's a tough question. So um, you asked for a grill. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what we try to do is make sure you're not in that situation. So that's the very first thing. But if you are, I think, first of all, check, go to the, you know, the internet, check it's not your con internet connection. You know, maybe there's something wrong with the router. Maybe, um, maybe someone plugged a wire out. So just make sure it's nothing on your side first before completely panicking. Then maybe, you know, Google, uh, you know, forest.com for status or, you know, Instagram for status, whatever it is. And that should give you like a, a history of what's going on um, with the system. If there's any big red, uh, you know, red flags or anything, you know, it's on them. 
And again, it's, it depends on the, the software system and the provider and and how high touch they are and how um, important that you are as a user to them. So for us, for example, if, if we get a call, we'll we'll make sure that we help you in any way you, we can. We would ask you maybe for as much detail and as 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 possible on the issue. Maybe it's a, an error pop up with a a little uh, code on it. Maybe if you could give us that code, we can easily help resolve that issue. Or if it's a more widespread issue, we'll we'll maybe make sure that uh, you're communicate communicated to about uh, what's going on. And I think from really practical terms, you know, have a pen and paper ready beside your 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 till, mm-hmm. and just be you know in case you, you need to run a transaction or something and you can go back later in the system and fill it out. Yeah, that, that's a tough question. To answer. <laughs> Thanks. So maybe uh, another tough one for you, JD, but like if if I'm, I don't know, looking for a new software, whether it be like internal messaging or really anything that has to do with technology, how can I make sure that this software company um, is going to take any issue or any outage seriously and you know that I'm going to be completely covered in terms of like if I need to reach out to them or anything so you can kind of look at it from how high touch they are through maybe throughout the sales process or or onboarding you could ask them straight up you know what's your your outage history what what sort of issues ha- have you had and and how how do you reassure users uh, when, when something does happen what what sort of service do you pro- level do you provide to to me? Um, I think as well, like there's a lot like users are extremely vocal when there is issues. You will know about it if if you go to maybe some of the user forums or the communities. You could literally just ask, you know, how how are things going with the software? Um, ha- have you had any troubles with it? Um, things like that. I suppose it'd be good to look at the the support team that they have on offer as well. Is yeah. it just email? Is it just live chat? Definitely. Or do they actually take live calls? Yeah. So that's us, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose, like JD said, we do send out an outage email after something happens. And that's also kind of another reason why we did this episode, because there are probably li- people listening and going, like, do I really need to know this information? Like that outage email that goes out after something happens actually has a very high open rate. So a lot of our clients do actually want to know what happened, why an outage happened, what was the cause of it and what was done to fix it. So like that does kind of add to this episode. And I suppose we'll get JD to wrap up with a few points. But if people do want to know a bit more about the company, if they want to hear more from our tech side, our engineering side, they can always just reach out to us. And yep. So yep. what is it? It's... Um, for me, jdorinafars.com. If you have any questions or if you've maybe experienced any any anything around this, you know, happy to, to have a chat with you through this stuff. As I said, uh, we ha- hold ourselves really accountable for, for this. Uh, we do our best to make sure it doesn't happen. We we put a lot of effort and invest a lot in, in making sure our system will will scale with with Salon's needs and something we're really passionate about. So do you want to give us just a quick recap again, maybe just touch off the strategies that you could have in place and what to look for in a company? Yeah, definitely. So as I mentioned, it's it's a lot about the the quality of the software that that you're buying and, you know, how fast it is as you're clicking around, um, how quick they are to to respond to your feedback is really important as well. So are you are you noticing issues and and are, are those is, are those technology companies listening to you and, and maybe addressing your needs or accounting for those those challenges into into their roadmap and what they're building? 
I think it's really important to really uh, be involved and and try to to push to be you know the the voice of of the customer for, for the products that you, you use when issues do happen. Um, you know, watch out for like what the communication channel is and and how quick they are to respond and and how how accountable they they do hold themselves for, for that stuff. And if anything ever does happen, you check, is it down.com? And the other one was... Forest.com forward slash status will have, a, will have essentially a health indicator for us or sta- status.forest.com. Well, listen, JD, thanks very much for joining us on the show. Hopefully give some more clarity around outages and what to look for in companies that... Like, this stuff is going to happen. The more and more we move digital, it's going to happen. But it's not necessarily always for the worst, as JD said. Sometimes it's because we're trying to improve the product or upgrade it, or it could just be human error. The most important part is how is the company you're with addressing it? And I'd just like to throw a final note. If anyone is looking for more topics like this, JD, he was pure excited to uh, join us on the show today. And we know he'd love to talk about more stuff because you're a regular contributor for... For Nothing Ventured blog, which is a lot more on the technical side of things uh, which is something that we're really really passionate about and we love talking about yeah we just love to share everything yeah <laughs> thanks very much for joining us today JD. thanks guys cheers so that was jd our director of engineering shedding some light on outages and why you shouldn't necessarily panic straight away but i can i suppose steps that you can take so moving on now to the second part of the show we have zoe's section and i believe you have some news about an event so the Salon Owners Summit, which is hosted um, at the Convention Centre in Dublin on January 7th of, of the coming year, is now sold out officially. But that doesn't mean you can't get in. Uh, if you are a Forest client, you can join the waiting list. If you are interested in coming to the summit and you are a Forest client, uh, do get onto that as soon as possible because the spots will fill up quite fast. Uh, myself and Killian will be hosting, like last year, a live episode at Inside Forest. So Inside Forest is kind of like the... HQ tour and session that happens the day after the summit. And um, we have a session in the morning and a session in the afternoon with the product team with Patty and JD, who was just on the show. And what the guys are going to be talking about with uh, people attending is kind of showing the, the new features on the roadmap, trying to get feedback from it, insights, uh, how how people would like to see those features working in the future in the salon if they were to be released. And so in the middle of that, uh, Killian and myself will be hosting a live podcast recording. So as I said, um, if you are attending the Forest Salon Owners Summit or if you are looking into attending it and you are a Forest client, join the waiting list. And before we let you go, we actually have released a new, um, well, the YouTube channel, we've always had a YouTube channel, but we've completely rebranded it, Forest Studio, and uh, we're releasing new episodes every week. Uh, Don't miss out on those episodes. There's a lot of marketing tips, there's interviews, uh, industry experts and stuff like that. So a whole lot going on there. So with six episodes left to the year, now I know there's not six weeks left, but there's a few different special episodes coming up during the Christmas period. Um, We'll leave it at that this week. Now we're already planning our early 2019 episodes. So if you know someone with a story who'd be great on this show, please slide into our DMs. And if you have any feedback, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. We're always looking for suggestions on how to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week, guys, and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best.